buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. This is Jim Rodney along with Gary Callagher. We both work for Remax. Gary, of course, you work up in the Twin Ports for Remax Results and I work down here in Punta Gorda, Florida now and I work with a company called Remax Anchor Realty. So Gary, good afternoon. How are you? But Jim, we're doing good up here in the Twin Ports. It's a blues weekend. The blues fest I know. is in town. I know. I'm going to miss uh, it by a weekend. Well, it uh, yeah, it's here, so that's good. It's cool. A lot of people in town, and uh, you know, one of the coolest things I think about the the Blues Fest weekend to me, anyways, is you know, when I get down there and I ride my bike, I just check out the scenery and all that type of stuff. But you know, the deck, the deck allows these campers to come in and set up like this camper city, right? And and you can rent parking spots. You can set your camper up and. Uh, uh, t- to go around the deck and see all these campers in this like literal camper city is what I call it is just so cool and it actually makes me want to buy a camper <laughs> right. and just go rent out the deck parking spots at the Blues Fest before I pass on and uh, uh, but a lot of activity going on down in that area and that's pretty cool. You know what I remember when I was a kid growing up in the in the Twin Ports. One of the biggest one of the biggest things ever to come to the Twin Ports was the was that Airstreamer convention. Yes. Do you yes. remember? There were I have never seen so many and, and they were all the same. You know, they look like uh they look like a bullet on wheels. They're aluminum, they're shiny. Um airstreamers and man, there were thousands of them in the in the Twin Ports for weeks and weeks on end. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's um you get that, that many campers together, uh, it, it's, uh, wow, a lot of people, huh? Yeah, so it's going to be cool, and uh, hopefully the weather holds up here, and, uh, you know, people will flock into town, but pretty cool, the, the Blues weekend here uh, in the Northland. Yeah, and that, you know, that's been a tradition now for, for a long of, time. I don't know, yeah. it goes back, 20 I don't years know, I don't that. remember when it started, but it, it had to be either the late 70s early 80s i think that's maybe right. i'm wrong i i don't remember the exact date and and uh chris i think is still running it to this day isn't he i can't think of his last name but um yeah anyway uh always a good show um big names there i think they had bb king there one time um and they had they had many other big names there but yeah uh i've been to uh you ever, you never went to one what you were saying Oh, I've been to the Blues oh, Fest, yeah. you bet. I mean, I, I, I love the Blues Fest. I haven't yeah. been actually down there for a couple of years, but, uh, you know, you can just hang out down there and you don't have to actually go on the grounds. You can hear the music loud and clear and everything. And uh, and the vibe down there is just so cool, you know, with the people, everybody's relaxing and the blues. And then at night, you know, every, all these bands go and play in the local establishments. And uh, right. uh, it, it's just a really cool weekend here in the Twin Ports for the, for the blues music and uh fascinating stuff yeah and great music uh we used to love to go to that 
And unfortunately, I'm coming up there on Tuesday, which is just a couple of days too late um, for a little family vacation. But uh, yeah, I, I wish that we could uh, take part in some of that stuff for sure. But all right, Gary, listen, we probably should move on to real estate news, I guess, here. Um, how's the market? Well, Jim, we, we the market is good. It's strong. It's active. Uh, you know, I personally am a little bit slow. I don't, have, you know, it spurts and spits and stops and stuff like that. But I got to tell you, I I think this market it, up here is stable. It's strong. One of the things that really always kinds of kind of opens my eyes and, and I and I continue to just simply say shrug my shoulders and shake my head at is the amount of cash you know the amount of people that buy uh, that are buying these properties and making offers with cash and and I'm and some of these properties are expensive you know you're talking several hundred thousand dollars right and so I think that the, this cash market is still a tremendous market up here multiple offers are still happening and overall, Jim, I think yes, there's there's a a bit of a we're 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 at the start of a shift in the marketplace where where I think things will at some point begin to tail off. The prices will adjust. I think price growth is adjusting itself, but man, these markets are still hot. And if you have cash and you don't have to deal with these mortgage interest rates, which are extremely volatile right now, right. Um, I um, I just think this is is still an active market up in the in the Twin Ports. Yeah, and speaking of the market, I've been uh, down here. Um, there's been a couple of things that I that I'd want to talk about. Um, so I have a you know with our multiple listing services, folks. Um, you know, Gary can do the same thing, and, and I'm sure he does. But we have what we call a market monitor, which will allow you to set up kind of your area of, of, um, of participation. So, it, you know, Gary, you're, you're probably not selling too many homes in the Twin Cities, right? No. Right. So I've got my market monitor set up to about a 30-mile area, you know, kind of around me. And that would include, down here, that would include Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte across the, across the Peace River, and then up by um, some of the best beaches in the world, um, Englewood, Florida, where I, I find myself all the time um, working and listing and selling properties up in Englewood. Um, but anyway, uh, I've had this market monitor going um, on a seven-day recurring basis. So it, it, it takes the last seven days of history and analyzes it. And, and one, of the, one of the interesting things that I have seen um, in this area is that the, the number of new listings coming on the market is almost parallel with the number of price reductions. So week over week, you know, if there's 70 new listings in this area, there's probably 65 price reductions. Um, I, I don't know if that's just a, a thing or not, but I have noticed it. I haven't mentioned it on the radio show, but I've been I've been following that kind of a, uh, that for two three months, and it really has been parallel, um, which I find very very interesting. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is I, I talked to I talked to one of the old real estate scholars here um, in the Punta Gorda area, and we were talking about the market and and, and where it's going to go. Um, 
and you know he, he, we both read a lot he and i read a lot um this guy's name is kurt mellon by the way and great guy but anyway um we read a lot about what's going on all over the country and uh, we had this 15 20 minute conversation and uh what what kurt had thought was that one of the things that he agrees with is that our area down here is in for a 10 to 12 percent adjustment over our most recent high, um, which sounds drastic, um, you, you know. But if you look at it in the in the broad in the broad sense, and I think that the twin ports, and I want your comment on this, I think the twin ports might be parallel. Is that there were months there, you know, four weeks, six weeks, where our average sale price went up like three to five percent, um, you know, on a monthly basis or so. And so this kind of a correction um, is not severe at all, really, when you think about it in those terms. And I kind of think the Twin Ports, again, I mean, we've talked about this many times. I think the Twin Ports is is very, I mean, we're, we're kind of in parallel markets. People want to live where we work. Um, because of the beauty of the area, because, you know, of um, job flexibility, because they want to get out of California where they're, you know, uh, like what, like your client said, I had to get out of every summer, my state burning. I remember or something like that. One of your, one of your people said coming from California and they also want to get out of New York, you know, which is, which is again, you know, um, people think that that's kind of the, um, where some of these, uh, you know, like COVID-19 was so high and now you've got this monkeypox things going on. You know, they want to move from those areas to our areas. So, all right, Gary, what do you think? Do you think there's a parallel there and any of that? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's kind of interesting. And, you know, it might just be a coincidence that that's happening. But but that's it's certainly not the case up here in this marketplace where I, I, we I st- you know we're still seeing a lot of strength. We're seeing record average sale prices in the city of Duluth right. that are unheard of. I think one of the things that I've noticed uh, is our our inventory is certainly increasing. I mean, if you look at you know this past week, we we and this is in Duluth city proper. We currently have eighty five active listings on the market. That's the highest it's been all year. You right. know, and, and you go back into you know March, April, May, and even June, we were struggling to keep 20 houses on the market so the twin ports is one of those local areas that i think are just bucking some of the trend i mean i certainly think things have changed and some people have been priced out of the market but in terms of price reductions yes we're seeing them uh and i think we're seeing more of them than we've certainly seen over the last couple of years but I still believe that we've got an extremely healthy market up here, and um, uh, any type of a downturn, a significant downturn, I think is is just not on the horizon for us. Right. Okay. Well, hey, listen, we got a break coming. I, I want to continue this conversation, but before we do go to break, why don't you give out your phone number here? I can be reached at two one eight three nine zero zero six one five. And down in Florida, you can reach me here at 218-348-7653. And you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. And hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning, Gary Callagher here from REMAX. Uh, Gary, of course, in the Twin Ports. And I am down here in Punta Gorda, Florida. All right, Gary. So we were talking about... 
how strong the market is in Duluth and um, and how you uh, the differences between our two markets. I would say that continuing that conversation, um, you are kind of in the height of the season right now. Um, you know, summer. Nobody. I mean, obviously the 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 market in the winter will fall off somewhat when you're, you know, when everybody's buried with snow and cold. And we right now down here in Punta Gorda, we are we are definitely in what you would call our winter season here, um, paralleling that, you know, we don't have um, the influx of people that are down here looking for properties right now because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're whatever state they're in where they're enjoying their summer. Um, and, um, I, our market is going to pick up heavily down here, uh, starting in the month of November, um, which is kind of when things slow down a little bit. I, I would say that my history with Duluth and Superior, our slowest market, our slowest months seem to come around, you know, January and February. Um, or I'm sorry, um, sorry, December and January because of the holidays and whatnot. But then a lot of times it just took off like a rocket as soon as it seemed like spring was around the corner. So, you know, watching this market go forward to see if there's, if there's uh, any adjustments in the value of properties is going to be very interesting. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a, a severe correction. Um, and, I, and I think you probably agree with that. Um, but if there is a correction, I, I think it's going to be something that we can all withstand because of the property increased values in the last couple of years. Well, listen, I, I, again, I think a lot of the market that we're dealing with now, and that's, that's to come in the, uh, uh, the next year, year and a half or quarter by quarter, whatever you want to call it. I think a lot of it remains to be seen. Yeah. I think what we've co- what we're coming out of what we're still in and what we're coming out of is certainly a historic market that we're going to look back on and say, hey, do you remember when that type of stuff? And uh, I think it's it's uh, a little bit funny how our markets are maybe have some similarities or some parallels, but they're also very different in, in how they, they work in terms of like peaking. Like you say, we're in the peak of our market. Now the peak of your market won't start for, you know, another few months. Um, and, and we're going to be in, in the, uh, you know, the, the taking a huge break. And once we get to our Thanksgiving holiday and we get into the holidays, things just, you know, Everybody, you know, goes to sleep in terms of real estate where you're going to be super busy. So I think that those are, are, are pretty cool differences in the marketplaces. But, but Jim, I think a lot of it'll be interesting to see how your market goes this winter and what happens with it as you're starting to peak out in your season. The prices, the inventories, the overall activity, how people are buying cash, financing, whatever. So that'll be kind of cool to watch, but um, the the uh, how it, each individual local market works is always very cool, and it would be nice to know in different regions where how their peak markets are. And I think for the most part, people's real estate peak markets are right now. You know, we're right. from March until the end of October, or as we get into Thanksgiving. I think those are mostly it, when markets peaks. But I do think that there are some subtle differences in areas you know just like you mentioned here 
Well, I think the other thing that's going to be interesting to watch, you know, around the time we get closer to November is where are these interest rates going to be? You know, um, you know, to say that elections don't um, don't influence um, what goes on is is, it would be not telling the truth. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see where the interest rates are um, if they if they do come down. Um, significantly, and I'm significant. I would say, like, let's say they drop a point or something like that, and and it looks like they're they're in a kind of a soft spot. You know, that might push a surge of buyers completely right back into the market, which again is going to flip our market and and cause appreciation. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, there's a lot of factors at play here. The economy is is basically the the biggest one, but. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, our, our, I think our, our markets do parallel in a lot of ways, and they differ in a lot of ways. But it's fun to watch. So, well, I think in, when you're talking about interest rates, personally, my own personal opinion on interest rates are that they're going to stay. They're not going to come down to where we, we certainly uh, saw them. Uh, and I think that they're going to stay kind of where they are. And I think unless you get government subsidized subsidizing. Uh, um, you know the economy again. You know these investors that buy these bonds, they have to have some type of a yield. They have to make money on them, and that's that's why these interest rates will stay in in the the range that they're in right now, simply because uh, of that reason. You have to remember, you go back to the housing recession and the government, uh, what oh, they yeah. call the quantitative quantitative easing program. That was in effect for 10, 11 years. It was, yep. And they, they just stopped it, you know, at the end of March of this year, and that's when you saw the interest rates take off. <laughs> and we're so not going to probably we're... see that again because as far as the government goes, I think we know that we're tapped. <laughs> you know, I don't <laughs> well, think they can spend any more money. Well, they can, but, geez, let's hope not. But, yeah, I think you're right. There is going to be no artificial influence on, on these interest rates anymore, and that's going to make the playing field interesting for sure. Yeah, so it just we'll have to watch these markets, see how they go. But um, I think we're again we're still in a good market and it's stabilizing. And where it goes in the next year or so, we're just going to have to continue to watch it and uh, keep reporting it to all of our listeners. And uh, you know, hope things are are okay. But I think up here in the Twin Ports, we're going to be fine. Well, there you go. All right, can we move on to a subject? This is this is just a little close to my heart because it happened on Lake Superior. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that thankfully everybody is, is okay, but you know where the superior entry is? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and, and it's a, it, the superior entry is something that I am very familiar with being an avid boater. Uh, and there was a 35 foot boat that crashed into the break wall and sunk. You know, and there were five people on board, and, and they were all rescued. They were all wearing life jackets. Um, although I, I, I will admit that I, I'm sure it's really, really uh, something that you could throw on a life jacket very quickly if you realize your boat is, is sinking. Um, must have been totally horrifying um, for, for those people, but thank God they're all, they're all okay. But uh, a realtor that you and I know, um, Mr. Tom Acton... Um, he didn't see the boat crash, 
and he and a, he and a friend were were on shore. They were probably had a small campfire going. You know, um, we we did this many times where we just would recreate there and and have have some good quiet fun. All of a sudden, swimming up out of the lake comes a dog, and they didn't even know that this boat had crashed. The dog got scared, jumped out, swam to shore. And just happened to swim in right where these guys were. So, what a strange uh, story! Very interesting. But it these <laughs> these boaters out there, you've got to be careful. That Lake Superior weather can change. The fog can roll in. I've been a part of it before. And I got to tell you, Gary, I, I was telling you this off air. There was a time when we were out there, and it was everything was fine. And then the fog rolled in, and it rolled in really fast. And we knew we were near the superior entry where we had to get into the the water was calm, but we knew we were close to that to that break wall. Um, and man, it can come up on you because I had to throw. I mean, we were just putting along, and um, there's the break wall, and we had to crank it into reverse, you know, just to right our course. But then you follow the break wall and go around it and back in safely. But yeah, what a horrifying experience that must have been. Um, well, I believe what you're referring to, though, is that Tom and his friend, they help rescue these people. No, I, well, I don't know if he rescued it. I What I read online, and I haven't talked to Tom, is that they, they say that, I mean, the dog swam up on shore to where they were. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't, I don't, I don't know that they assisted in any kind of a rescue. I don't think they even knew it happened. Um, you know, and, and I think that in, what I read was that, you know, and it's very true. That's why you have a flare gun in your boat. I think I think what Tom had said when he was interviewed was that if they had had a flare gun to put up a flare, yeah, they certainly would have jumped in their boat and, and went over to help. Um, so just, you know, that's why we get pulled over by the Coast Guard, you know, both down there and uh, up there, I should say, and down here is because the biggest part is safety. They're checking to make sure that you have all the required safety equipment on your boat so that when something tragic happens, you have ways to get attention. And it's very important. But, wow, um, a 35-foot boat also, Gary, is not a small boat. Yeah, I have never owned a boat larger or longer than 21 feet, and that's a plenty big boat. So another, another, um, another 14 feet in length um, obviously would make the, the boat probably a lot wider. I mean... I think a very significantly sized boat, although I haven't seen any pictures of a crash. Jim, how are we doing on time? Um, let's see here. We are. Um, we are, we've got another six minutes. Okay, a couple things I want to talk about. One is a, a, a closing that I ha- that I had earlier this week uh, that uh, was a little. You know, closings are closings. They can, right. you oh, know, yeah. just about anything can happen. And, you know, we do the what's called the final walkthrough. And I did a final walkthrough with this uh, gentleman. And this was a VA loan. And when we looked at this house, this house had a space heater. It was a brand new space heater. And, you know, typically the VA doesn't approve those. You have to have heat in all rooms. Right. And, you know, this house wasn't a big house. It was maybe uh 900 square feet maybe a little bit less you know right in there and the uh, owner said hey i'll put baseboard heat in there if they don't approve this well anyways they did the appraisal and the appraisal came back and they said 
they needed a statement from an HVAC person that that dwelling would maintain at least a 50 degree temperature throughout the house and they, they would approve the space heater because it was a brand new space heater that just put it in it was propane powered wow. it was a it was a nice unit so uh i don't know about you gary but 50 degrees maintaining 50 <laughs> degrees would not fly in my house <laughs> well they're trying, they don't want the, the water pipes freezing yeah, I mean, right. so that's that was their primary concern but the home inspector who also deals with the heating with heating he, they were allowed. They allowed him to give the statement that that, in his opinion, he would that that was that unit would would be sufficient to heat that whole house, you know. And and so he did. They accepted it. And we we got the closing. But anyways, we had to go do the final walkthrough, and we got out there. And one of the things I said to the listing agent, I said, "Hey, we're going to want to turn that furnace on and see if it works." Well, we got out, and he said, "Yeah, it's running. They got it, you know, working and everything." And, and so we got out there, and lo and behold, it doesn't work. We tried starting it, and I don't like dealing with those these yep. gas pilot lights and all that stuff. So he comes running out there and says he'll do it. And I thought, well, you go ahead and try it. I'm going outside. I've seen too many things happen with these right, things. Right, exactly. I agree and, with you. And so, you know, we in any event, he couldn't get it going. And uh, uh, we're, we're 30 minutes away from the closing. Uh, and and he said, we'll get it fixed. We'll deal with it. We'll, we'll, we'll have it fixed. Well, anyways, they got the heating guy out there. We're signing the documents and doing the closing. And the heating guy calls and he said, hey, the reason that thing wasn't lighting is a mouse had crawled up into the pilot light hole and was had died on top of the pilot light right. and wouldn't allow the the spark to light the thing. And so they got had to get this mouse out of there and uh, uh, get it done and uh, got it lit and all is good. But uh, final walkthroughs, a lot of stuff can happen, and 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 which I would like to segue into another issue with with final walkthroughs. But I don't know how much time we have. Yeah, no, we have another and, two and a half minutes. Okay, well, this is probably going to go a little bit longer than that, but we can pick it up in the next uh, okay. segment as well. That's but, fine. And I but, have a, I have a, I have another kind of a, a creepy little incident to talk about too. When we get into our our next our next segment, something that happened to me that that. Uh, I thought was very, very interesting. So, um, Gary, before we break here, why don't you go ahead and give out your phone number again? Folks, so you can reach me in the Twin Ports, licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. I'm at 218-390-0615. Yeah, and down here in Punta Gorda, Florida, you can reach me at 218-348-7653. And, um, geez, it's uh, been it's been... Kind of nice weather down here. It's been like in the low 90s. How's the weather up in the Twin Ports? Is the lake wind still uh, pretty chilly, or is that is the lake warmed up a degree or two? Well, you know, it was a beautiful week, and the, uh, the we got a little east breeze going on. It's not a heavy one, but uh, it, it's the temperatures are a little bit down here for the weekend. But uh, overall, the last couple of weeks have been really beautiful up here, and uh, uh, it's... Uh, it's been a nice, it's, it, there's a time of the year, Jim, where the Twin Ports, to me, becomes a magical spot to be in, and and we're in it right now. Yeah. We get from mid-July to mid-August, where this weather is so fantastic, and this place is such a magical place to be up here in the Twin Ports with to enjoy everything that it has to offer, and we're in it right now, and, you know, the next uh, three to four weeks, we're going to go through a transition of the weather changing, but, boy, right now, it's tough to beat this this uh, yeah. this area up here. 
Hey, you know what else I also heard is that the uh, the Remax Results Superior Office is is uh, been completely gutted and remodeled and is now back open. Is that correct? Yeah, that was quite a uh, process. So that took about four months. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, a lot of the superior agents were migrated up to the Maple Grove office that we have. And I think they were originally told this was going to be maybe a 60, 70 day process, but it took about four months. And, you know, you had material issues. You had a lot of issues that they had to overcome. But uh, the office is done. It's completed. Everybody's back in there. And uh, it's just a spectacular build-out that they did over there. And that superior office is really beautiful. And uh, the agents can get back over there and and, uh, be at their home base. and, And that's good. You know, because yeah, that's, I'm that's excited. a to travel up to Miller Hill. Yep, Debbie and I are coming up next week, and I'm excited to see that, as well as a lot of my old friends in the real estate business. So, all right, Gary, we're right out our break here. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rond and Gary Callagher here from REMAX. Gary, of course, is in the Twin Ports, and I am down here in Punta Gorda, Florida. You want to buy a house or sell something that you already own down here, give me a call, 218-348-7653. And, Gary, before I turn it over for, to you um, for um, your phone number, uh, there actually used to be Twin Ports Days down here um, where they would celebrate. People from Duluth and Superior would get together at one of the parks and kind of had a picnic. Um, and uh, I can witness that there are a lot of people that own property down here from the Twin Ports because I have done a search on uh, property owners, and wow, hundreds and hundreds of them own properties down here. So very interesting. Gary, why don't you give out your digits? Folks, you can reach me at 218-390-0615. All right, Gary, we want to move into final walkthrough. Yeah, it's a big issue, Jim, up here that we deal with, you know, before you close on a home, you know, you, you have to go look at the property and make sure nothing substantial has changed since when you were first through there and you wrote the offer. And when you think about it, Jim, from the time you take that initial walkthrough to a house, you write the offer, but the people that are buying that house, they're not in that house much. No, they're in that house, maybe two or three times. Prior to closing, they, they, they do the viewing, they might do a second showing, they do the home inspection. And then after that, they're not really in there. And there could be a period of 30 to 60 days that go by before you close on this house. And so um, you always have to make sure that prior to closing, you go through and do what's called a final walkthrough, again, to make sure there's been no substantial changes, uh, that the house is still intact, that every, all the mechanicals and necessities are working and those types of things. And there are times when we run into problems on these walkthroughs. And so on the walkthrough, they've uh, listed, this is off of our one of our new sites, Inman, which is a great real estate oh, yeah, yeah, site. Yeah. Um, the seven things that, that cause pre-closing stress. And some of them, as I was reading through this, I thought, well, you know, we don't see a lot of this particular stuff in there, but, but it makes sense. I've certainly seen it. And one of them is discolorations and flaws in flooring. Oh yeah. Oh, I've seen that many times. And think about it. Once the furniture is moved or the, the area rugs are out of the way, if you've got like natural wood floors and stuff like that, and they're light colored, and the windows, the sun, I mean, the sun drenches the 
the flooring and 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 so when you when you take those carpets or move that furniture your couches and, and that type of stuff there could be diff color discolorations in certain parts of the flooring that you didn't see when you walk through there and how significant of an issue can that be when you're in there during the final walkthrough and you see this you know these patches of different colors on these beautiful hardwood floors does it make an or, or cause or create an issue with people I, I would the say answer it does. Is yes, it can be. Yeah. Yes. And some of those area rugs are worth tens of thousands of dollars. And I've sold so many houses where they go, that those rugs are not included or that one particular rug, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those can be quite costly. And when they're gone and you've got this big square area that is either lighter or darker. Yeah, it's 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 usually and, not and those a good things, thing. Well, it's not. But you can you can see these things. You know, if you if you're uh, uh, walking through a house and a good agent can lift up a carpet, they can look at that type of stuff and avoid some of these right. uh, so what we call surprises that are closing. So, anyways, that's one of them. The other one, Jim, is that this is a very common one: walls with imperfections. Right. Once you take your pictures, your mirrors, your whatever off the walls, uh, there can be a lot of nail holes in there. Uh, there can be things like. Uh, uh, TVs that have been hung on walls and they, they took things off. And, and so you've got all these holes, uh, you know, so maybe some of the brackets were removed or what have you. Uh, and, and depending on what you've negotiated with that type of stuff, boy, if they've been removed and they haven't repaired these walls, that can be pretty unsightly. Absolutely. Uh, some of the issues, and we don't run into this too much, is what stays and what goes Things like appliances or maybe a seller's leaving some furnitures or bookcases. You have to negotiate all those things within the contract. But there are times that all of a sudden you'll go in and maybe you have a different uh, lighting fixture than what was in there. Yeah. And, you know, there's been times where sellers just changed out lighting fixtures. They've taken appliances that were in the house and replaced them with lesser type appliances. Right. So some of those types of things can happen. Or, or I've had this happen. Um, the movers come, they pack everything up, and then they realize that they put the washer and dryer in the front of the moving truck, and the truck <laughs> is gone. You know? That certainly happened. And uh, very important stuff to remember what you signed in your purchase agreement, what's been agreed upon. Because uh, it can cost you a few bucks at the closing if that's uh, uh, if that's the case. The other thing, Jim, and I think this is another fairly significant one, especially up in our market, uh, your yard and landscaping matters, and you know things like potted plants, uh, those types of things, even flowers that have been planted in the right. ground. You know, sometimes perennials. people remove these things. Yes, yeah, perennials. And, My uh, mother gave me those perennials. I'm taking them. I've heard this. Yep. And once the seller signs that contract, they don't realize that these things that are planted, they stay with the house. And that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, sometimes you'll go and you'll see things that have been like uprooted. They're not allowed to do that, you know, unless they make specific uh, requests within the body of the purchase right. agreement. Like it's the dead of winter and, you know, we had these uh, lilacs planted and they were, can I come and cut a couple, you know, uh, um, branches from them when the when the thaws i've certainly we've certainly had things like that happen but uh 
uh, that type of stuff. And then the other thing with, when it comes to landscaping and, and grounds up here, Jim, we have such a lot of snow and such a long winter. And when the snow melts, if you buy a house with the snow cover at a property and the snow melts, I run into a couple of situations where, you know, if you don't clean up after your dog during the winter and the snow melts, what do you have left over? And yeah, I run exactly. into some of those particular issues. And that's a little, that's a little bit of a right. touchy one. Uh, and then the, I think the other one, and probably the most common one that we deal with, Jim, is uh, cleanliness, get, having a house cleaned. And most people clean their house out, and they do a really good job of cleaning their house out prior to leaving. But there are occasions when they don't. And it's very specific when it comes to, like, trash and debris and unwanted items, those types of things. It's in the contract that those things have to be removed, you know, and – not cleaning your house and, and, you know, vacuuming it or mopping it or doing whatever is one thing. But when you leave specific items that, that you are supposed to remove, those are things that are going to cost you as a seller a few dollars at closing because that's, uh, that's just stuff that, that's been, you know, contractually agreed upon. And I think the last thing here and another important thing in the days of electronics and security cameras and boats and fobs and all that type of stuff, uh, getting all these access cards and clickers and security codes and openers and all that stuff is so important. And removing, if a seller has all these networks set up where they can view their house on a remote location, they have to stop. They have to cut those things off. They can't keep those things intact. And we've actually got specific language in our contracts now that say that these, these, um, uh, internet protocols have to be removed. They, you, you're not allowed to keep those things intact. And so, boy, um, do I have a story for you? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting um, stuff. You know, and I think that um, getting back to uh, the the unwanted debris here, and let's just chat about this, and then when we come back from our final break, I'm, I got to tell you this story about a final walkthrough that just happened about about two weeks ago. Not even. Um, <laughs> my, I've heard this more than once. Um, you know, where I, I'll tell my sellers, you know, all right, all the stuff in the basement's got to go. Well, what do you mean it's got to go? I mean, it was here when we bought it. <laughs> You've heard that before, I'm sure, Gary, right? I mean, the, the last yeah. sellers left it, and I don't know, we just never touched it. You know, I'm like, well, <laughs> that's not the new buyer's problem, you know, and it's obviously um, something that they inherited when they bought it from whoever, but... Um, I have heard that uh, a, a couple of different times, and the uh, removal of personal property and debris is is exactly the most common issue that we have surrounding a final walkthrough, in my opinion. How many closings have we been to where we have to withhold, you know, five hundred, a thousand, two thousand dollars from a seller's proceeds in order to pay for some things to be removed? You know, sure. um, it, it just happens. And sometimes, no matter how many times you remind the other side or you tell your seller, look, you got to you got to take care of this or that. Jeez, they just don't get it done. And all of a sudden the, the hour is here and now we're in trouble. And they just never imagined that it actually would would come down to something like I've got to hire a third party to remove the stuff from my garage, you know, or my basement. But I got to tell you, there's a couple of, there's a couple of, 
of trash haulers in the Twin Ports that I was pretty sure that I was keeping them in business. <laughs> you know, some of the clients. Yeah, we all know who they are, and they do a good job. Oh, they and, do. Uh, oh, my gosh, do they ever, you know. Um, so, yeah, a lot of interesting uh, things with walkthroughs that, that can go wrong. And, yeah, the, the Twin Ports, you sell a house, and it's, it's snow-covered ground. You don't know what the landscaping is like unless they have summer pictures, which is what we'd always suggest. And sometimes when that snow melted and the new buyer sees what they inherited, um, you know, it becomes an issue. And one of them was, so these people had bought a house because, and they were happy that the sewer had been replaced, right? Um, it had, you know, they had to have their sewer replaced from the street in or from the alley and whatever it was. And when the snow melted, they called up saying, all right, we want some money to have the yard fixed because the grass doesn't grow where they replaced the sewer. I'm like, well, I really don't know what we can do at this point. They disclosed that they had their sewer replaced. You know, I guess it's, it's uh, you got to give the, 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 the world time to regrow the grass in your front yard. So... Anyway, there's some very interesting things that have happened over the years to you, you and I both. All right, Gary, we're up on yeah. our break here. Um, folks, you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We'll be right back to wrap it up. Hey, welcome back to the last session of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show for this Saturday. Jim Ron and Gary Callagher here from REMAX. Gary, why don't you give out your phone number again? Folks, I can be reached up here in the Twin Ports at 218-390-0615. I'm licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. All right. And uh, my number up here, or down here, I should say, 218-348-7653 if, you, if you're looking for anything to do with Florida. All right, Gary, I wanted to tell you about my final walkthrough nightmare. Okay. And this one is, and I, I, I can't believe I didn't tell you this or didn't have this on the show right after it happened, but I, I recently had a closing. We were doing our final walkthrough, and I had put, and, and you know this can happen, I had put requests in to the other agent because there is a security system in this development. Now, this development is relatively new, and part of every single house in there was they put in a security system that was standard, okay? So these are all houses that were built within the last two years. And this, this uh, um, security system has a, a panel on the wall that is probably, I would say it's probably about a 10-inch screen, you know, not, not too big. And when, um, when you're not engaging with the security system itself that that lcd screen or whatever it is will like show you a picture you know like um and you can you can put whatever picture you can put personal pictures in there but most people just have these it's like a screensaver right so you don't even you don't even like remember that it's there so we're doing this walkthrough and and my buyer and i had sent messages you know we need information on security system i'm not sure the buyer wants to to continue or not, and who do you use? And we never heard back. So we're at this walkthrough. He goes, hey, Jim, what did you find out about the security system? I said, geez, I don't know. Um, well, the panel's right over there. Maybe I can figure it out. So he and his daughter go walk back in, and he's showing her her bedroom and things. You know, they're from New Jersey. I go, and I touch the screen, and you can, you can scroll through screens, you know, like with your finger. 
And yeah. I scrolled through two screens, and there was the seller looking right at us, following our every move on our final walkthrough. And he quickly clicked off once he realized I could see him. <laughs> creepy. That was so creepy. Um yeah. Listen, Jim, this is a big issue. And this is when, when I walk into a house with a buyer, this is one of the first things I look yep, for. And I tell the buyers that, uh, you know, if you see these cameras up, because people just don't realize it, but it's a big issue today. And uh, and and the, these these security systems have gotten so sophisticated. People, the sellers can listen to what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those so cameras, it, those cameras are smaller around than your pinky finger. You yeah, know. and so significant issue, but uh, uh, pretty weird that people do that type of stuff. I don't like doing that. I'm not one of those types of people, but um, a lot of people do it. You know, yeah, and, and, and we, we, we're, we're completely out of time, but yeah, exactly. That is just creepy. Why do you care? We're closing on your house in 45 minutes. I mean, does this guy sit home and watch every single showing people walking through his house? That's just creepy as creepy can be. All right, Gary, one more time for your phone number, and then we got to sign out. Thanks for listening, folks. I'm at 218-390-0615. And down here in Florida, you can reach me at 218-348-7653. We're out of here. Until next week, everybody have a great week. <laughs>